0: Welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Talk Show, where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear, because no one does just one thing and everyone has a story. Uh, I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of all trades, and uh, each episode I interview a different guest and we talk about the different hats that they wear, the things they do, and things that they've learned along the way. My guest today is Lexi, who is a dog trainer, a makeup artist, and a mushroom hunter. Uh, Lexi Lexi regularly goes out into the wild to find prized mushies (laughs) and posts her makeup and costume art on Instagram. Lexi's pronouns are she and her for the listener. Thank you for being on the show, Lexi.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited about this.
0: Yes, I think we are both pretty excited about this. Um, But I'm going to start with, uh, make sure that I start on track this time, because my ADD can kind of get me all over the place, and I'm trying to rein that in. I'm going to start with a brief land acknowledgement. And uh, so I'm going to uh, cover the, uh, well, I'm going to do Toronto. Um, So Toronto, or Tecoronto, is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and the Anishinaabe. Um, This is a dish with one spoon territory and we are uninvited uh, visitors on this land. Um, I just rewrote re- that one a little bit. So that might be why I screwed it up. Um, you can find out more about that and find out about the, uh, the uh, native and indigenous people of the region that you live in at native-land.ca. And that is not only for Canada, despite it being a .ca, it actually covers the whole world. So uh, that's a good place to get yourself started. And you can kind of go from there um Yeah, so we're going to get into the show now, and I have a regular series of questions that I ask each guest. So I'm asking different people all the same questions to get different insights on the same kinds of topics. Um, so the first thing I'm going to start with is uh, can you tell us where you grew up?
1: I grew up in Ukraine. So I was 13 when I moved to Canada. Um, I pretty much consider myself Canadian now, uh, but with a touch of Ukrainian, right? Because that never goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. And
0: uh, is there anything uh, kind of sort of noteworthy or, or more like interesting kind of history of Ukraine that you uh, would like to just mention? Anything that comes comes to
1: mind? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Um, I know, I'm
0: totally springing this on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's all right. Um, I think we can Ukraine... Try- Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I was
0: just going to say we we could try it from a from a slightly different uh, again. I'm trying some of these questions from different uh, angles. Um, a way that I could, thought about asking this was: uh, is there like a most true and a most false stereotype of Ukraine?
1: I don't think there are any stereotypes of Ukraine. Like, do you, can you tell me what the stereotypes of Ukraine are? Like, um, do you know any? The only things that
0: come to mind are that, like, they you might not the the maybe the average person might not know like a Ukrainian apart from a Russian, and obviously that uh that Chernobyl
1: is in I believe
0: in Ukraine.
1: Okay, yeah, so I guess that's <laughs> it. Um, that's actually is the thing. Um, when I first moved to Canada and people would ask me, you know, where I'm from, I would say Ukraine, and they're like, what, where's that? Uh, so I'd have to eventually say, well, the Russia, Russia area. Um, so a lot of people didn't know about Ukraine until the whole civil war a few years back. Um, so that's a thing. And yeah, Chernobyl—that was the thing that happened there. It's a good thing to be known for, I guess. No, no, no. Uh, but there's there's not a whole lot of uh, stereotypes in we eat a lot of potatoes and drink a lot of vodka. But that's not wrong. So
0: fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I like to, I mean, this show is is really about like learning and about uh, different experiences. So whenever I get the opportunity to learn something about a place or a thing I don't know about, uh, I like to take it. So um, thanks for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I mentioned in the, the introduction, a few of the things that you do, and I'd like to take a moment to, uh, if you can tell us uh, like a little bit more about what you do and how you got into it.
1: All right. Uh, so the three things that the main things that I do, the dog training, mushroom hunting, and makeup, they all kind of have their own different path of how I got into them. The dog training, um, well, I always loved animals, right? From when I was a little kid. Um, so that was always been a part of my life. Where we always have cats, not dogs. But we had a dog once when I was little. And then I moved to Canada, moved around a lot. I've always wanted a dog, but I've never had the opportunity to have one responsibly because I would want to be able to afford all the vet care that I would need, uh, spend enough time with the dog because they require so much attention. Uh, so for the longest time, it was just kind of a pipe dream. And then I got into a place where I was more steady in my life and I was actually living at the same in an apartment for a few years instead of having to move every year. So I decided to foster. And through fostering, I got experience, all different kinds of dogs, different kinds of issues they were having. And one in particular, uh, his name was Sparrow. And he was just the grumpy old man who had a lot of issues. He was just angry at the world. And to try and kind of help him out and figure out how to make his life better i started reading all about canine psychology and behavior modification with dogs and all of that and i realized i really enjoy it and i'm kind of not bad at it uh well right like that's kind of important for when you do a career and not just suck at it um so so i kind of was interested in pursuing that a bit more, I applied to be an assistant trainer at a canine campus, the training facility. And to my surprise, I got that job and I assisted for a year and then got promoted to trainer. And now it's been three years I've been training there. Uh, We do group classes and um, all the different kinds of levels for like puppy kindergarten to more higher level skill sets. So that's been kind of my journey to dog training. Um, Mushroom hunting, uh, that one's a bit different because mushroom foraging in general is very much part of Ukrainian culture. Oh, there we go, stereotype of Ukrainians. Uh, We get our own food. So for the longest time, foraging has been a survival thing um, because being able to... You know, earn money has not been a very um, steady thing with the. um, the, I'm sure everybody knows the Holodomor and uh, the whole Soviet Union, and uh, the political uh, climate there hasn't always been conducive to uh, being able to live. Uh, So, a lot of the cultural things is to be able to survive. You grow your own food and you go find your own food. So, finding mushrooms is very big on people's radar because you go out, you find a bunch of them, you can can them, pickle them, um, dry them out so that you have food for the winter time. So that's kind of been always a part of my life. So um, did you learn that as a, kid? as a kid? Some of it, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so one of the inside jokes in my family is that I started up mushroom hunting again as a revenge because, <laughs> because when I was two years old I ate some mushrooms that my uh, aunt found and I almost died I was in ICU for three days and yeah it was not a good experience well I don't remember it but apparently it was not a good experience Uh, so now I just want to hunt them all down that's Hmm. that's that's why Uh, but a few years back I kind of took it up again and found out all the new mushrooms that are about and all the interesting things about fungi and I really like not just the you know go find and eat them part of it but the science part of it how they grow and all the different kinds that are out there it's really fascinating to me plus being able to walk around in the woods for a few hours you know that's never a bad thing yeah yeah
0: (laughs) that sounds good um, I, I, I know on the bonus episode of the show, I usually ask the guests to like geek out about like I feel like I'd love to just talk to you for like an hour about mushrooms because I'm just fascinated by that, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going <laughs> and I can do that okay, later. Okay. <laughs>
1: we'll <do> that. <laughs> saying, I'm saying this for go. the guests.
0: Uh, and ready. then the the makeup stuff, like do you want to just talk briefly about how you got into that?
1: Sure. Um makeup step is also fairly recent. Uh, I was always more on the tomboy side when I was a kid. Um, so a couple of years ago, I think I found a YouTube channel of a makeup artist and I was just loved what she was doing. Um, and then I was like, well, that looks fun. I want to try that. And especially like the Halloween stuff. So all the gore and, um, uh, you know, latex and all that fun stuff. Uh, And I kept trying it out and having fun with it. And um, it's very much a kind of side hobby pleasure thing that just I do want to have some free time. But, Hmm. yeah, it's been a fun journey of vanity.
0: (laughs) Well, I can say from from what I've seen on your Instagram, uh, you definitely put a lot into it. And I'm just like every time I see the stuff that you post, it's like, That's amazing. Like, I, yeah, I just, I wish that I felt like I had the time to kind of sit down and and do that.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And even though right now you're kind of a little bit more like uh, uh low key with with your makeup it still looks really great, great. So Thank you. Um yeah, this is our official uh the hat collecting official Halloween episode. Uh so it's very fitting that uh, this is my my guest. <laughs> and uh happy Halloween to all the viewers and listeners.
1: Hey, happy Halloween. Yay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I will have a little bit more uh, Halloween-ness on my side of things towards the end of the show. Um, but yeah, we're going to continue on here. Um, another thing I'd like to ask uh, as part of this kind of section of talking about the main things that you do um, is what would you say, I guess we can start with the dog training stuff, what would you say is like the biggest misconception or, or kind of false idea that people have about like dog training and dog behavior?
1: Ooh, I could talk about that for hours. Um, I guess the main ones, the two main ones that I wanted to say, um, the first one is that as a dog trainer, uh, that I train dogs. And I don't, (laughs) really. Um, In the classes, I spend maybe about 5% of the time actually interacting with the dogs. And the rest of it, I'm teaching the people. Mm -hmm. So I'm a people teacher about dogs, really. Um, and that's the the important part of that job. It's not so much like you, you need to know how to train a dog, but you also need to know how to teach a person to train their dog. Um, and a lot of people will come into the class and expect that that one hour per week in class will change their dog. It's like, no, you're gonna actually have to go home and do the work and learn the things yourself as well, because otherwise, it's not gonna happen. Um, and the other big one, and that's one that's kind of a big thing in the dog training community in general is, um, the dominance theory misconception that to train a dog or to have a dog, you have to be the, um, pack leader and to, you know, dominate your dog and put them in their place. And that has caused a lot of issues, um, the relationship between people and their dogs, because if you always put it uh, as an adversarial relationship where you have to make sure the dog doesn't take over and, you know, doesn't steal your place in a household or whatever it is, um, you can't trust and um, build a close bond with someone or, you know, creature that way. Um, it also makes the dog's life a lot worse. Um, we train mostly, um, positive reinforcement, uh, which has scientifically been proven to be a much more, uh, efficient way to train really. And Mm -hmm. it creates a better bond. So that's, that's probably the biggest, the two biggest misconceptions about dog training that, that I always come across.
0: Yeah, I would say that uh, positive reinforcement works a lot better on humans, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So the next question on our list is, um, as a child, uh, when you were younger, do you remember what you wanted to do or to be when you grew up?
1: I wanted to be a grade school teacher. So uh, I'm definitely not doing that per se, but I am teaching in a way. So I sort of kind of uh, kept up with uh, the dream job.
0: Yeah, I mean, you definitely. And like, that's kind of the thing with some people, they might have uh, thought about they wanted to do one sort of thing. And then maybe they didn't go exactly into that. But they did end up doing something on somewhat of a similar wavelength. And I mean, as long as you ended up somewhere where you're kind of happy, you feel like you're doing something positive, then there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Like, you know, we have lots of, uh, lots of different ideas when we're, when we're younger until we kind of figure things out a bit better, which uh, is a perfect segue into kind of the next question, because uh, again, like to talk to, to the guests about this idea of this prevailing cultural narrative, as I like to call it, that we're supposed to have everything figured out by the time we turn 30. And for a lot of people and increasingly more, I think nowadays that is not happening. And so I actually don't know exactly what your age is. I'm not sure if you're over or under 30, but so with, with that kind of idea in relation to your like goals or your, your, your plans, uh, where, where were you at or where do you think you'll be at the age of 30?
1: Uh, So I am over 30. um, And I, yeah, I have no idea where I'm going. Uh, Everything in life has been very transient and very changing for me. The, dog training thing hasn't happened until four years ago. Um, Everything else has also been fairly recent. So in five years, I don't know where I'll be. Maybe I'll have a whole other career. It's going to be very different. Um, So we'll see how that goes. I don't have everything figured out. I'm not looking to have everything figured out. I definitely think that the idea in the society that we should have our whole life completely set by the time we're 30 is bonkers. I mean, I'm sure some people do, and that's what their life is, and they're very happy with that, and that's fantastic. But I don't think that should be the goalpost for everybody uh, in society.
0: Yeah, I would certainly be inclined to agree. Uh, I am 36 now, as I've said several times, and I only really just kind of in the last year or two finally started to feel like I kind of knew what direction I wanted to go. And just this year have I really felt like I actually kind of put my train on those tracks and it's, it's actually now like going in a uh, an intentional direction for the, for the better. So um, yeah, I just want to, again, this show is to kind of give everyone this uh, to combat cultural conceptions that are, that are not totally accurate and to give people hope if they, uh, have felt like they're, they're kind of failing or they're like, you know, it's too late for them. Um, so that's why I like to get the different, um, perspectives, um, but kind of also piggybacking on that idea. Um, a new question I'm asking is what was one of the, or if there was one, what was one of the biggest obstacles to you kind of getting to where you're at? Hmm.
1: That's a good question. Some mental health things for sure have, have uh, been an obstacle um resource access to figure out what you want to do in life you have to try a bunch of different things if you don't have the resources to try a bunch of different things you can't really know what you're good at what you like um how to get the foot in the door so a lot of times people get kind of stuck in the one or two things that they had happened upon uh one way or another they worked for but they just don't have the, um, the resources to try out a bunch of other stuff that they might want to. Uh, so that was also a thing. Like I couldn't, um, just go up and get, uh, I don't know, an internship for something that I was kind of curious about, right. Uh, because that means I would have to not work. And if I don't work, I can't pay rent. Um, and then you work in the jobs that you can find, uh, not necessarily always the ones that you know you're passionate about so yeah i think that was those are the couple of things that definitely um kept me from getting to where i am now sooner but also i don't know if i would have figured out the things that i like now back then so it's all kind of relo- revel yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well. Um, And that's something like I kind of went through that at one point where I kind of had to like make a career track change like completely. And that was difficult because I've always had a wide variety of, of different interests. And I knew that there wasn't really a job out there that I could do that would kind of allow me to scratch all that many itches and, uh, you know, kind of artists, it's hard to, to make a living as like an artist and usually you have to pick something and uh, I kind of did pick something, but now I'm doing something like this where I, it's just, you know, I'm wearing all these different hats and I love it. And so I'm very fortunate to be able to do this uh, and to get to talk to other people who have kind of found their way to an interesting collection of hats. <laughs> Um, So another question here that I'm asking, it's a bit newer, is uh, would you consider yourself a shy person or do you feel like you were shy when you were younger?
1: I am definitely not shy at all. Um, A bit anxious. I definitely had a lot of issues with social anxiety before. Um, But shyness, strangely, is not a thing. So, no, no. I'm not shy. I never was. Definitely not as a kid either.
0: That is totally a valid answer. Um, everyone's gonna have different answers, and uh, even though there's been a lot of um, kind of overlap and similarities, there's gonna be there's gonna be answers that that kind of break that pattern. Um, so another question here, I'm very excited to ask you is: uh, as adults, like we're again expectations of society on us as as people, uh, adults are I, I think adults are generally expected to like behave and to not be very silly and playful, except in specific contexts. Like we're allowed to. Kind to play in certain ways, but like not at work or not in other ways. But so I want to know what was the last uh, playful or silly thing that you did on purpose?
1: I am a very big uh, supporter and enabler of silliness. I enjoy silliness and playfulness in all aspects of my life. It's kind of hard to come up with like one example, because that's just my life is all silliness. Um, but I guess at work, I would say, my day job, I work in an office. So another whole other thing. But uh, it's a more of a um, the serious job kind of thing. Uh, and being able to dye my hair all the different weird colors these days has been kind of a fun thing that I get to do. Um, before that wasn't super accepted um, in an office setting, right? You're an adult, you're supposed to have professional hair and um, professional look. But uh, yeah, I've been through all the different uh, rainbow colors of the hair in the last few months. So that's been a fun journey. That's a that's a good answer. I'm glad you brought
0: that up because that's something I hadn't really considered uh in the 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 greater thematic picture of this of this show. And like it's not just you know hair color, but it's also like, you know, piercings or tattoos. And like I uh have for a little while now I've been wanting to get a like a tattoo of like a, a flower on the back of my hand. And of course I've heard, you know, hand tattoos are like the 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 job killer, like you'll never get hired again. And, uh, so I'm kind of holding off a little bit to kind of see if maybe that seems like it'll not be an issue for me a little down the road, depending on how some things go. But, um, yeah, and I, I, I mean, for me, I like just having uh, the kind of the plain sort of dark brown hair. But um, I really love when people have very bright, colorful hair. Uh, I always enjoy seeing it. And I'm glad that it's becoming more accepted and more people are able to do that in traditional jobs. So, um, yeah, I think that's totally a valid answer. And uh, I also am glad to hear that you encourage silliness in your everyday life. I think that's something that more of us need to strive for. Um, so on another note of like kind of learning and and doing different things, um, what is the last new, or I guess one of the last new things that you learned, whether it was a fact or a skill and what's something new that you would like to learn or try?
1: So the last thing I learned, uh, was how to pickle mushrooms. Um, so the couple of weeks ago I went out mushroom hunting and I found this nine pound, My tacky mushroom was giant. It took me forever to clean it up. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to eat nine pounds of mushroom in like a two-day span, right? Like that's that's a lot of mushroom even for me. Um, So I had to preserve it somehow. And pickling sounds like one of the fun ways to do that. So I had to figure out how to, you know, the recipe to use, um, tweak it a little bit to my taste because um, sometimes I don't like too much vinegar or whatever it is that's been something fun and interesting that i've kind of been dabbling in um as for the next thing that i want to learn i know one of the big ones that i want to try and do is skydiving that's the big one but i'm not sure when that's going to happen otherwise i'm always 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 looking to learn something about dogs and dog training um i have about 10 books that I've bought that I haven't gotten through yet. There's a bunch of workshops that I want to try and um, register for. So that's something that I always on the look for.
0: That's very cool. And I'm actually excited that you mentioned the skydiving thing for, for two reasons, actually, because that's something I also want to try. And I actually would love to interview a professional skydiver for this show. That's one of the things on my like ultimate guest list. So maybe that's something that we could look into figuring out again once the once the world is is kind of a bit more right again um because i think that would definitely be a unique experience and it would certainly be something i could bring some some perspective to my audience through and that would be really great um so yeah thanks for bringing that up (laughs) um oh yes and kind of keeping on the the theme of like different kind of skills and interests um What, uh, this one might be a little more tricky, but we're going to try it anyways. Uh, What would you say are your two most dissimilar hats? And the hats being uh, either skills or interests.
1: Makeup and mushroom hunting probably cover that. Uh, One is very, well, yeah, one is very kind of vain and glamorous or um, bright and expressive. And the other one is your... Alone in the woods, staring at the ground for a few hours. Yeah, definitely. um, No glamour there. Uh, Mosquitoes everywhere. um, Mud, a lot of mud. Uh, So (laughs) you come home covered in bug bites and all the twigs in your hair and walking face first into uh, spider webs. That is a common thing. So if anyone ever uh, thinks of going foraging, just, uh, just so you know, face full of spider webs all the time. So yeah, I think those two are the things that are very opposite. Yeah, no, that's
0: fair. And actually, it's kind of come up that, uh, like, this hasn't been intentional on my part, but it has come up with a few guests that uh, kind of their, like, main, like, sometimes it's their main job and their main hobby or things like that. And those are the things that they uh, relate as being very different. And and I, I could see that as being a symptom of kind of like how my day job is bookkeeping, which is much more, like, organizational and, like, focused and structured and uh kind of more solitary i guess my art is too but i'm doing all this art stuff and like all these different projects that are just like so kind of all over the place and very much less structured and so it makes sense i think that we seek in our hobbies and our interests something to kind of counterbalance another part of our life um but it's great if we can get some enjoyment out of both and it sounds like you do so um that's great (laughs) um yeah, so the next question here in our series is, do you have, uh, would you say that you have a peak time of day, whether it's uh, morning or night or somewhere in between?
1: My peak time tends to be from about 11 o'clock at night to about 3, 4 in the morning. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't work super well with a day job that's, a, you know, a 9 to 5, uh, because if I go to bed at 4 in the morning, I only have about uh, 3 hours of sleep, which happens a lot actually so um yeah it doesn't uh, fit in with the standard uh, societal scheduling unfortunately but uh, i'm definitely a nocturnal creature
0: yeah that's uh seems to be the the majority of the people that i talk to and it doesn't surprise me um yeah and i've kind of joked about like it's pretty easy to find nighttime people. There's a lot of common places that they are, but morning people aside from like cafes or coffee shops, like where do you find us really? <laughs> um, so
1: yeah, it's right. just, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. But I mean, I, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to, I wouldn't want to switch places. I mean, sometimes I might want to switch places with a night person just to kind of experience some things Cause as, as, as maybe to some people, this might sound pretty sad and pathetic, but like for me to stay up past 10 p.m., even on weekends, can be challenging. Like, I just, I get tired in the evening. And um, so sometimes, though, it's fun to kind of, like, you know, take some caffeine late in the day and kind of burn the minoid oil and just kind of experience a different side of the world than I'm used to. And um, every once in a while I've heard of a story of, of a night person, you know, enjoying a sun sunrise. <laughs> Somewhat begrudgingly, maybe. Oh. but. <laughs>
1: i i enjoy sunrises very much it's just i'm usually up through the night to see them and then i go to sleep uh versus actually getting up to see them
0: yeah hmm. yeah that's that that makes sense um so yeah we're gonna kind of go into the last set of the questions here uh the next one is uh the, the pandemic has obviously disrupted most people's lives and uh, that's kind of turned out differently for different people depending on your situation and uh, other factors. But uh, I'm trying to take a positive look at this and say what uh, what silver linings or positives have specifically resulted in your life because of the pandemic disruption?
1: Definitely the amount of time I have for both art and mushroom hunting. So being able to do more makeup, um, that has been uh, very, uh, I don't know, it's been very fulfilling for me to have the time to sit down and uh, work on something for three or four or five hours versus before I would have you know half an hour to do something. Um, and for the longest time, I couldn't really create a lot because I couldn't invest the time uh, so that's definitely been a positive of it uh the the freed up time to pursue those uh personal artistic creations,
0: yeah, and that again, that's been somewhat of a common answer as well, and that's been true of me as well. this show uh it would have eventually existed anyways, but actually the story that I've told is that the show was originally going to have a very different name and a very different, not a very different theme, but um, the the disruption uh, kind of caused me to like rethink and, and I came back with uh, with a bit of a different idea that I think is, has turned out really well. So uh, that was a very nice little uh, positive for myself. Um and I know you mentioned it earlier on with uh, with the, uh, like, obstacles to kind of getting to where you're at. And you mentioned a little bit of mental health stuff. That is something else that we like to talk about on the show. Uh, so if you wanted to maybe talk about it in a little bit more detail, whatever you're comfortable with, um, any uh, mental health or uh, disability kind of issues that you've uh, dealt with in your life.
1: So I've never been diagnosed with anything. So all of it is just um, mostly going off the the general criteria and uh, uh talking to other people who have gone through similar things uh, but i've definitely had uh, my run-ins with depression and anxiety and social anxiety uh, especially after moving from ukraine to canada uh, that was kind of a big shock to the system right losing basically everything after moving i lost most of my family i lost my language my culture my friends Um, everything just completely turned upside down. I was 13, so trying to go into the whole teenage phase of life while being completely uprooted from anything I've known previously. Yeah, that was a bit tough, and i am definitely kind of fallen into depression and later on anxiety. Those have definitely been parts of uh, my life on and off, sometimes a bit more, sometimes a bit less, Um, I've been lucky enough that I have gone to therapy and been able to find some coping strategies that have worked quite a bit. Um, My dog training job actually helped a lot as well, because while researching ways to um, help dogs with their issues, there's some similarities and ways that I could um, kind of tweak it and apply it to myself. Uh, interestingly enough and that has been funny enough helpful so I think uh, I think mental health is something that everyone has to invest in right uh, it's part of our overall health so we all take care of our body trying well trying to eat right trying to do the exercise trying to get the sleep and all of the regular things that we do to try to keep our bodies healthy um And same things that we need to do to keep our mind and our mental um, faculties healthy as well, um, or try to uh, mitigate some of the things that come up as well. I think we need to, in society, kind of talk more about and be more okay with the fact that mental health is part of our lives and it's okay to not always be okay.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something I've seen uh, that kind of, I don't want to call it a slogan, but that that phrase I've seen a lot more lately, like it's okay to not be okay. And that is something that I definitely think needs to be normalized and people need to hear more. So thank you for saying that. Um, and something I've been uh, kind of more recently thinking about uh, trying to incorporate into the show in some way, I'm not entirely sure yet how it's something I'm kind of still feeling out, but um, I'm, I, it occurred to me like relationships are obviously very important in our lives and it can be a thing of, like, maybe you have, like, a partner who's very supportive of what you do, or uh, maybe you're, you know, your parents, you have a really good connection with them or a sibling or something, best friend. And so I guess uh, I'm just going to throw out a general question at you here. Uh, like, what, how have the, uh, the like, relationships in your life uh, kind of uh, interplayed or or, or affected uh, what you do and kind of how you've gotten where you are?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, all relationships affect us one way or another. Um, I've been very lucky. I've had some wonderful relationships, both uh, with partners and friends that I value deeply, people who challenge me, um, who won't just kind of go along with anything I say, who will point out things that I mess up, uh, but will do so with kindness and grace and be able to give me space to improve and time to Work on my stuff. Um, that has been very helpful. Having people that I can be completely honest with and be completely myself, even on the days where I'm not okay, um, and I can come to them with those feelings and those issues that I'm having, and uh, get compassion, kindness, um, but also they will push me to work through them. They won't just uh, they won't let me just stay there and wallow. Uh, which I really appreciate. Uh, That's uh, definitely been uh, very helpful. So I think my friends and my partners um, have been instrumental in encouraging and supporting and just walking this life with me. And I really appreciate that.
0: That sounds really good. And and I think, uh, yeah, what I was trying to get out there, and you kind of ended up on it anyways, is like, uh realizing if we if we don't have supportive people in our lives or if we like have you know very few supportive people maybe some like our parents or someone is more critical um that can obviously be an obstacle and can slow us down or it can kind of knock us off of the path that we feel like we should be on but they're like no you should do this instead and so i do want to start touching on that aspect of our lives because relationships obviously also play a role and Um, Some guests are going to be, you know, it doesn't have to be a romantic partner. Uh, It could be a best friend or a roommate or anything. So I'm going to start to ask my guests about that and see what uh, insights come out of that. But thank you for sharing that. Um, Yeah, another new question or newer question here that I've got is, Um, what is something that you have failed at that you're glad that you failed at? Sorry, I should have clarified that question a bit more. Um, It was kind of more looking at it in terms of like, sometimes, you know, when you said earlier, you have to try things to figure out what you like and what you don't. And so I was looking at it in terms of like, what's something that you maybe failed at is the wrong word, but something that you tried and you're glad that you were able to try it and realize that it wasn't right for you. Or maybe it was like, okay, I like this part of it, but not that or something like that.
1: Okay, so then in that case, a lot of stuff. I went through a lot of hats. I went to college for child and youth work. Um, I realized that was entirely not a thing I wanted to do with my life. I did finish the uh, college years and graduated, but then didn't go into working with that. I learned a lot. so I'm very grateful for the years of learning about psychology and counseling and behavior modification with humans. And um, a lot of that was... extremely helpful in my personal life uh and in just uh in professional life as well now that I'm teaching people I need to know how to approach people right that's important um so that's the thing um I've also tried acting because who hasn't uh and uh definitely am not good at that Uh, but I definitely had a lot of fun trying it out and Plain with that. That
0: is uh, that is a great answer, and yeah, sorry for for phrasing that really like I just kind of threw it at you like a brick. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so right. I, I usually try to like give some context for these questions because they are a little bit more ethereal and like kind of like galaxy brain a little bit. But I just want people to be able to interpret them uh, the right way and to feel uh, like they can they can answer them however is most uh, like authentic for them. Uh, last couple of questions we've got here this one is another one i'm still trying to find exactly the right way to frame it but we haven't talked too much about specific advice but i do like to to ask the the guests like if there is um the way i think i want to try framing it this way uh this time is uh would you give what what advice would you give to like a teenager what advice would you give to a 30 year old and what advice would you give to like you know, like because we can still be um, mentors to people who are older than us. So, somebody who's maybe like your parents' age, like, what's something that you would give them for advice or, or kind of perspective?
1: I think my advice would be the same for everybody. Um, don't stop playing. Life is difficult and awful in many ways, and it's gonna throw a lot of hardships your way. Um, one way to kind of enjoy life is to keep playing and keep finding those moments of happiness and giddiness and silliness. Um, Do a silly scavenger hunt if you feel like it. Go throw some leaves uh, around now that it's so pretty out, right? With the autumn and everything. Um, Go stomp in some puddles. Doesn't matter. Uh, Find things that bring you joy and bring you Those bits of happiness and don't stop going for them and try new things and keep playing.
0: I fully subscribe to that advice, and I definitely think you're right, it can apply to anyone at any age. So maybe I'll have to get bumper stickers made. (laughs) Lexi says, (laughs) don't stop playing, (laughs) absolutely. Um, Yeah, and uh, so uh, again, these last two questions, uh, well, one's sort of a i i I'm giving a guest now the opportunity to kind of uh, turn the tables back on me because I felt it was only fair I keep putting them on the spot so I feel like it's fair for them to put me on the spot so um, is there anything uh, a question whether it's something from the, the show or something unrelated to the show that you'd like to ask me
1: yeah uh actually since you've been doing this for a little while now this show I interview different people who have uh very different kinds of interests and jobs and lives. Has there anything that you noticed like an overarching kind of thing that came up that surprised you about you in the show? Um, anything that, like really interesting that you're like, Oh, I didn't expect this to you know, happen, but here we are and it's happening.
0: Yeah. I think there's been uh, almost kind of calling back to the dissimilar hat sort of idea is like, I've noticed that um, it's, it's interesting how like, with all the variety of the different things that the different guests are into or do or want to do, like there's still some kind of almost like universal truths, uh, or, or kind of things that everyone kind of says, even if they're in totally different fields. And then I, I really like, like I said, when just things kind of pop up that I, because uh, the the series of questioning has been evolving as I go, when I figure out like, okay, that question isn't really getting what I want for the show, and, and this question is better, so I'm going to use it instead, and um, so kind of evolving things based on what comes up and things that I I encounter in the world to make, oh, I should ask about that on the show, and uh, I think I just love learning and I love being surprised by by new information. And I just love getting to see people's, like, joy. So once I thought of that question about, like, playful things that people do, like, I was so excited to start asking that. Um, and I, I think I've just, to, to see people, uh, to like I said, to kind of get the authenticity out of uh, different people and see the commonalities, but also the, the things that make certain people unique. And um, I just there's so much about doing this that has really been positive and, uh, kind of feeds my soul. And so, uh, I just look forward to those surprises and those insights and, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to say this right now, it is hard to answer some of these questions and and that one for me, like, I'm kind of like, what, what am I going to say about that? But, um, yeah, I guess that's my kind of clumsy answer for now. (laughs) Um, hopefully yeah, so uh, as we wind down here, uh, I want to also give you the opportunity, I like to do this with every guest. Uh, is there any specific causes or charities that you would like to uh, promote or raise awareness of?
1: Yes, um, I'd like to uh, encourage people to who can, uh, to donate to Toronto Food Not Bombs, and it's a grassroots organization that is helping homeless uh, population of Toronto survive with food and other necessities um, and like everything just goes directly to the homeless population. Uh, so definitely uh, worthy cause and wonderful people who are doing fantastic work that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, no, I didn't want to interrupt you there. I just, uh, I, I wanted to also vouch for that. It's, it's been part of the consistent, at uh, the, the end of the episode, there's a, a t- like a card screen or like a screen that has, a bunch of charities that have been consistently promoted. And that's one of them. Cause I actually have known a couple of people who've uh, who are, or have been involved with that. And um, yeah, it's absolutely worthy cause. And I definitely encourage people to, to don't, there's so many good causes out there, but every episode we kind of focus on something different and, of course, I want to also acknowledge uh, Black Lives Matter, and please do donate to uh, your local, or, or, or volunteer if you can, to uh, local um, organizations that help, uh, you know, um, Black, Indigenous, and people of color. And, of course, also, you know, other visible minorities and, and LGBTQ people. Um, so yeah, there's, that's, I'm glad that I added this section and I like to, that's one little way that I'm able to kind of give back a little bit through, through this show aside from just kind of like wisdom and stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess now we're kind of at the, the plug section. So um, if people want to check out the, like, cause I know you have, uh, you have an Instagram. Um, I'm not sure if you have, uh, much presence on any other sites, but anywhere that people can like find you or connect with you online that you, you want to share right now.
1: Sure. I'm mostly on Instagram. So for my makeup art, it's at Frexi uh, and my, uh, mushroom page is at, uh, Lexi's corner. So find me there.
0: Yeah. And for the, for the viewers, there'll be an overlay on the screen, which you can get that and it'll be in the show description as well. And for the podcast listeners, it'll be in the description there. I uh, try to make sure that everybody is covered. Um, I follow both and I enjoy both quite a bit. So I encourage you to go check those out as well. And uh, yeah, so for my plugs, I've got a few, I'll try to keep them really brief. I'm getting better at doing that each time. So I'm starting to promote my merch site a little bit more. It's, uh, it's not like specifically Artemis stuff. Like there's, I think I've got my logo up there. You can get it as like a sticker and things, but um, it's just a lot of design, like original designs that I've created that I put up on there. So you can get them on like shirts and mugs and, and all kinds of things. Um, and that's, uh, that's uh, ArtemisMerch.com, which apparently doesn't work for everybody. So if you go to my website directly or go in the, the description of the episode, there's a red bubble link and that is where it is actually hosted. So that's where you can go to check that stuff out. I also have uh, the Curiosity Guides, which is a series of educational ebooks that I've written, and they're all available for free on my website or curiosityguides.com. And uh, I'm also uh, writing a book, a short fiction novel, which will be published by the end of this year. So I just wanted to give another little uh, tip of the hat to that one. Um, And I have music, aside from just being on on Spotify and iTunes as uh, the show. If you go and search Artemis Creates, uh, you can find the music that I've got on there, including the theme music for the show, which is a song called The Bronze Age. So if you like the music you hear at the beginning and the end of the show, that's what it is. And that's where you can get it. Uh, Also on my band camp. And I want to give a shout out to um, Billy Schultz of the Nothing to Fear podcast and quarantine Kitchen on Instagram. Uh, she was a guest on a past episode and we've really connected outside of, of uh, doing the show together and um, she has actually signed up on my Patreon, which uh, was very exciting and surprising. But um, yeah, that's where you can go to check out the bonus episode. Yeah, but I just wanted to give her another shout out because uh, if you like horror movies, check out her podcast. And if you like cooking, check out her Instagram show. Um, yeah. And as I said, uh, on Patreon, you can get the bonus content for this show and you can get, uh, like behind the scenes, uh, updates about the other things I'm working on. And if you also want to take a second to go to iTunes and and like, uh, leave a review and like, and subscribe on YouTube and all that stuff. Uh, that's, that's pretty much all my stuff. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do the traditional sign off for the show now, which I'm sure everyone's looking forward to. Uh, it's always a lot of fun to do. And I think it's kind of the really the silliest part of this whole thing, which I'm kind of glad that, uh, that we do. So, um, oh yeah. And you can always find the show at uh, hatcollecting.com and hat collecting on social media. <laughs> Forgot to say that one. Um, yeah. So we are going to put on our hats and, uh, and do our wave goodbye. So, um, yeah, you, uh, you know what, we could do two things. We could have you put on, because I'm going to sort of spoil this. You have a hood and you have a hat. So if you want to even put on the hood and then put the hat on top of the hood, we could do that too. <laughs> <I don't
1: know. laughs> not sure that would look great, uh, but okay. we can try it. Why not? Where's my hat? Okay, okay, <laughs> okay I'm let's ready. Let's do this. Silliness abounds.
0: all right this is my very oh this is gonna work I don't know if I'm good this is the this is why for the listener or for the viewers I should say who get to (gasps) to watch this uh, you get to see this part and get to see me try to make funny hats stand on top of my headphones (laughs) so this is my specifically because this is our official Halloween episode so I wanted to do something Halloweeny so uh, I'm wearing green and purple already, which was inspired by Lexi who told me she was going to be doing that. And uh, so I figured I should uh, have some orange to, to cap it off. So I am wearing, I am wearing a uh, sort of like a witch wizard style hat. That's uh, orange with a black bat on the front. And Lexi has a a hood and a uh, sort of like a newsboy type cap. I believe it is. Uh, that's red. I'm describing it for the listeners who can't see. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this is always kind of a fun little thing for me, of like getting a hat to stay on top of my headphones. Um, I have a bunch of Halloween-appropriate hats, but I figured this one was the most fitting right now. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, I, oh, I love your look right now. You look so, like, French, <laughs> I feel like.
1: <laughs> yes. Hood um, and a hat and multiple hats. At the same time, there we go. Actually, you know
0: what? Let me see. I don't know if I, I don't think I could pull that off. I was going to try to like do another hat, but I don't think I could actually pull it off right now. Um, Yeah, I won't worry about that. Uh, (laughs) So anyways, we've got, and now it's all flopped over. Um yeah, so thank you for watching. I hope that you learned something. And if you want to keep uh learning with us and kind of get some like uh backstage conversation with Lexi and I, we're probably gonna talk some more about like mushrooms and nostalgia and uh yeah, a few other things. I've got some consistent questions now for the bonus episode. So I hope you will join us if you hop over to patreon.com slash Artemis Creates, you can do that there and I look forward to having you join us. So um, I'm not sure how the wave is going to work with your video being a little bit laggy, but we'll, we'll try it. So even just like maybe hold up your hand and I can do a screenshot of it <laughs> like this. Yeah, that works. Uh, <laughs> right.